You want some sexy, you want to laugh, license to talk. License to Talk is brought to you by Charlie's Boatyard, 1111 Furman Boulevard, Bottle Rocket Beer Reserve, 2182 Seneca Street. The Rocket is stocked and ready to rock. Get what you need down at the Rocket. Dog Ears Bookstore and Cafe, 688 Abbott Road. Support your local bookstore and read something. And remember, don't get your coffee from Timmy when you can get it from Tommy. First in Buffalo, custom tees, custom hats. They got some tragically hip hats up there. 389 Abbott Road, first in Buffalo. Get your custom gear. Mr. Submarines, 1977 South Park Avenue. They've been around for a while. Home of the best ham sub in Buffalo. Tell them license to talk sent you. Vinyl Vibes, look them up on the gram. Get your custom decals, stickers, what you need. Vinyl Vibes, Buffalo. Ready? All right, Marky, episode 77. We have an old friend, Ben Carlisle. He is running for state senator in the 61st district, and he can't get anybody to debate him. So he's here. Welcome, Mayor Ben. Thank you. Good to be back. We've had Ben on before. He had a little writing campaign, a little grassroots for uh, Buffalo Mayor last time, Marky, and we enjoyed him, and so did our listeners. So Yeah, we're having a little classic case of not being taken seriously, huh? Yeah. <laughs> this happens, but, you know, they can... Uh, they can only ignore you for so long. We're starting to catch some fire. We're starting to get some some traction. So I've been out there telling people I'm running. I started petitioning uh, March, I think, 2nd or 3rd. And I've been out there every day pounding the pavement. So uh, just released my campaign website on July 26th. Um, had our second fundraiser July 26th at Hutch's. Things are going well. So um, there's a bit of an embargo on the media, this whole, like, you know, close your eyes and uh, – and pretend like you can't see anything, but eventually it'll be too obvious to ignore. So and, the word's getting out there, and and that that's kind of what interests us. Nobody will debate you, and, it, and I always say to Mark, if I ever ran for anything, no one will debate me. Yeah. There'd be no debate because oh, I can't take but them I, serious. People, I, like it's all name recognition. Some writing you in the paper, negative or positive, they don't want to mention your name, you know. And that's what like putting signs out on someone's lawn would be, you know. I yeah. mean, I. Personally, I don't know how many people you think no cursive. Uh, well, th- <laughs> so my buddy um, Al Capola, who was the state senator back when the district was called 60, it was pretty much the same geography, but um, back in the day it was called 60. It's been, you know, redistricted many times since, and we can talk about that if you all want. But, um, you know, his last name's Capola, and he told me, copy my you know he's got like kind of the big like you know, C, the big yeah. c for coca-cola and then the rest of it's in cursive but you know al was running in the 80s and 90s when cursive was more uh yeah <laughs> yeah it was a bigger Nobody. deal people yeah. have a hard enough time with my last name when we were in court because my opponents uh he couldn't handle the pressure so we hired two attorneys to try to get me kicked off the ballot and one of them were in court and and she must have said my name wrong 50 times she kept saying mr carzile mr carzile and finally i just said if if it'd make you feel better, maybe you could just call me Mr. Ben. And that was just a joke, but the rest of the trial, she called me Mr. Ben. Really? <laughs> On the record, Mr. Ben, yes. I so, can't understand this complex. I know. So I think after, read a book. Uh, after <laughs> I win the primary, our second uh, draft of the signs, the general election signs, might be uh, in uh, you know standard script, not cursive. But this is one of the big things uh, for anyone listening at home who wants to run for office. When you have people sign your petition, if they don't sign it in cursive, 
they will challenge your signature what? and they will hire an expert people which is don't what they know it yeah. they don't know it they don't use it but i had to tell so many people um if i could remember ahead of time they would say okay so i just sign here and i say yeah just sign here and then i'd say oh you got to sign in cursive and they're like well what if i don't normally sign my name in cursive i'm like it doesn't matter that's what they want if you don't sign it in cursive they're going to object to the signature and people are like and then I would tell them, well, just sign the way you signed on your voter registration card. And they're like, well, that was 20 years ago. I don't have any idea how I signed. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, just sign the way you'd sign a check. And they're like, I, you know, who signs a check anymore? So it's all become ridiculous. But Next I'm trying time to you use McDonald's font and you spell your name <laughs> phonetically. OK, <laughs> B.I.N. <laughs> so those are some of the challenges. How many signatures did you have to get and how and who was getting these for you? Because I don't think a lot of people know, like, yeah, I'm going to run for mayor. Then they get the, you know, the the packet, what you have to do. And they're like, well, I ain't getting all these signatures. They make it intentionally impossible. So I'll tell you, I can only tell you <laughs> for a state senate, there's, you know, every position you run for in New York has different threshold. The mayor has a certain number of signatures you have to have. If you run for assembly, you have to have a certain number. If you run for Congress, you have to have a certain number. If you run for state Senate, at least the way it was when this process first started, I needed a thousand signatures um, from registered Democrats in my district. And you have from March 1st to April 7th to gather those signatures. It used to be you would go out and petition in June. So, you know, kind of a nice month to go out there and knock door to door. You have an extra hour of daylight in June. In March, it gets dark at about five o'clock. You have half the days are cold. It's rainy. It's snowy. It's People whatever. People are miserable. People are miserable. You catch them at like five thirty, and it's already dark, and they want to, you know, eat, and they're just depressed because it's so cold and it's so miserable. And we're just this close to like better weather and longer days, but no, they make you go out and petition when people are as angry and cranky <laughs> and have as much cabin fever as possible. So. That was, that's what I needed. I needed a thousand signatures. So I got out um, 29 days in a row and gathered on my own 856 signatures. But to do that, I needed to knock on about 10,000 doors. I had about, I think, six other people who were helping me. And they uh, combined, we ended up turning in 1,537. So I got, you know, I'm not good with math, maybe 60% of those signatures. You should see what they do around here. One of my dad has to do the uh, signatures. The guy goes, I'll meet you over for a beer. I'll we'll have a beer. <laughs> so it's a little easier here. You're going uh, perfect strangers. Perfect strangers, and yeah. What are you encountering uh, when you get there? Well, it depends on you're not your, your party's not too popular with some spots in your uh, district. This is true. So it really depends on what, what town and what neighborhood you're in. Um, a lot of cases, because like I said, I'm a registered Democrat. I could only, I was seeking the Democratic line. I can only get signatures from registered Democrats in my district. So you'd think like I'm only knocking on doors of Democrats. I'm a Democrat. You're a Democrat. You'd think, OK, yeah, they would just be more than happy. It would give them one more choice on the ballot. Oh, yes. Two choices better yeah. than one choice. Why not? So that's generally what I got. People who are very happy to sign people who m might want to be talked into it. But that's fine. But a good like 10 to 15 percent of people are like, nope. You're a Democrat. I was a Democrat. I'm no longer a Democrat. I don't care what you stand for. If you still have that D in front of your name, I'm not signing your petition. And of those people, 
I could persuade maybe half of them to sign my petition after I kind of walked them through like, mm -hmm. look, I get your frustrations. I know why you're upset with the Democratic Party. That's why I'm running. That's why I'm challenging my opponent, because he supported every single thing in the last two years that you're mad about. I was standing up for the last two years, speaking out against each one of those things. We can try to rely on a Republican to win this race and and right those wrongs, or we can elect a common sense Democrat. So I'd walk people through that. And, and you know, half the time, those really super reluctant people would sign. But the other 50 percent of the time, not going to happen. And one of the things you're seeing is people are starting to get this political okie doke. What I mean by that is you're bringing the shovel. You're bringing the big pair of scissors. The ribbon. But I got a new one. Your what? email list. And then these emails don't stop. <laughs> yeah, you're like, God uh. damn it. They found another thing to ruin. Get you a big fake giant check. A million dollars. I put up on Twitter, you know, like how the political party, any, every political, politics in general, they come up with the cutest names for things. Like gerrymandering. Yeah. I was like, and like, like uh, jabbery, all those things. Like, I'm just jabbery. like, this is, this is seriously like what the beef would get into. Like, Absolutely. It was just like, how do you get the cutest names for just like, I don't know, lion? Lion. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think gerrymander, they probably wanted it, you know, whatever. It's when the, when the term cute. came, well, I bet it, would, it It probably sounded nasty to them a couple hundred years ago. Yeah. I don't know what the, like, derivation <laughs> of it is, what the etiology is, but. Um, well, yeah, and like the, the, I won't even say his name, but this, this local political operative, he apologized. Because he got caught. The lawyer stands up there and goes, he's not apologizing because he got caught. <laughs> no, that's exactly what he's doing. So have you, has anyone roped you in these, uh, I don't want this, these operatives? Have they, okay, come here, Ben, this is what I need you to do. No, they haven't. They've, uh, I think they're just a little, I, I would, I hope they get after observing me for the last two years that I, that I don't care about power. I don't care about money. Um, I'd rather go down with the ship being right, you know, right. so yeah. I, I hope they know that I'm incorruptible and that's why they're ignoring me. But my feelings are a little hurt. But yeah, like, oh, stay away from this guy. Nope. Stay away from that guy. No, none of that, huh? None of that. So no debate. You, you reach out to your uh, opponent, say, hey, let's have a debate. You reach out to the media. No one gets back to you. But but these these two am ham and eggers, huh? That's it. Uh, I can say, though. A couple months ago, I want to say it's Channel 7 reached out to me and said, this was back when I was running in the 60th and back when Joel Giambra was still in it. And they reached out and they said, we'd like to do a debate in late October. Um, Giambra's already said, yes, would you participate? Um, we still haven't heard back from Sean Ryan. And I said, absolutely. Um, I said, but, you know, it would be a lot more beneficial is if you did a primary debate because, you know, if I don't win the primary, you know, you're, you're inviting me to something that I'm not even going to, you know, if I don't win the primary, why would I show up and debate in October? I said, you know, let's give people a, a debate now. And, and they're like, oh, we'll look into that and never heard a word back. But when I put it out there on, on Twitter multiple times, many days in a row, that, hey, I'd be open to debate anytime, anywhere. You pick the moderator, you pick the place. I'd let Sean Ryan any forum he wants he could pick the moderator he could get the questions ahead of time and i don't even have to see him i'll debate under any circumstances but haven't he just heard pretend like he one doesn't know who you exist is that the well the game? yeah and i think honestly it's a little smart on his behalf it's cowardly you know my biggest hurdle is getting my name out there if he if he agrees to a debate then i get my name out there so it's the smart move for him to just for kind sure. of put his head in the sand and pretend he doesn't know i exam who i am and and not debate that's the smart but cowardly move 
I keep seeing these politicians that are running both sides. They're going to keep the community safe. They're going to keep it safe. We're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to do that. Some, most of these guys, they've been in power the whole time. So how, how <laughs> now look, things are changing. Now things are changing. Like, yeah. yes, you know. Yeah, I, I think that like a lot of people there, you know, they're like, give us ideas. It's like, yes, ideas and words can change the world. Right. But, uh, you know, like sometimes it's like, just get out and take a walk, dickhead. You can figure out what we need. Absolutely. Just by taking a walk. And you're a big walk guy, so that's why we want to say that. I mean, just taking a walk in your district. And just being make like, a ah, difference. you know what? Yeah. God. Everywhere. Well, yeah, that's I don't why... think I'm going to call the program Take a Walk Dickweed, but <laughs> well, you know, I maybe it... a Take a Walk, God damn it. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. <laughs> I called it, when I was out petitioning, um, I called it a listening tour in addition to getting signatures. Because so many politicians want to go out there and just run their mouth, talk about themselves, me, 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 me. And I can do that enough, but I find it more fruitful to go out, introduce myself, tell people what I'm running, and then just ask them, what are your concerns? What's going on in the community? Um, you're not going to find out otherwise because, you know, I live lower west side of Buffalo. I know that area really, really well, but my district spans west side of Buffalo, north Buffalo, Riverside, Black Rock, town of Tonawanda, city of Tonawanda, Grand Island, all of Amherst. It's a big district. So... I'm not going to figure out what people's issues are unless I go out, introduce myself and say, hey, what's going on here? And I can almost guarantee you what they're concerned about is not going to be what's been the front page of the Buffalo News or lead store on, on television. There's other things that are, people are really worried about right now, but it's not sensational. So it's not getting the attention it deserves. There's this big thing in politics now, Marky, with uh, nicknames. We got Common Sense Ben. Here. Carlisle. Common Sense Carlisle. Common Sense Carlisle. And then the one that they came up with, if I could read this, Pawn Ryan. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. Yes. It's big in politics now. I mean, you see both sides. We know who came up with it, but you see both sides doing it now, and I think it's really funny because it's something that we do in the schoolyard or at the bar <laughs> someone told me that that was going around and i was like i like that although apparently they also told me that in north buffalo um it's common sense carlisi which uh oh. which i get a kick out <laughs> I like of that. um but it just kind of fits in with with the rap he gets this is the rap he i, I and and we invited people, him to, to come and yeah. chat and also we're not a political show and can't right. vote for either of you <laughs> yeah and i and i don't want to get too political but this yeah. is the rap i get from from people when i say who i'm running against Nine times out of ten, people say, oh, I know who that is. He cares about a very niche audience, a very far, far left audience. But to his boasts about keeping the community safe, the way you've probably been hearing about it is because he uses flyers that the taxpayers pay for. So every state senator gets a, um, I don't know the exact dollar figure, but it's hundreds of thousands of dollars to send out flyers to their constituents to kind of keep them updated on what's going on in the community. It should be used for things like, you know, there's going to be a community book sale at the whatever. Make yeah, sure you drop go. your TVs off here if they're garbage. Yeah, yeah, you know, bulk tire day is whatever. That's what these flyers are supposed to be meant for. But and you're supposed to use them throughout the year. Hundreds of thousands of dollars taxpayer pays for each one of these. But what my opponent does is he's using them all in the last like, you know, eight weeks leading up to his primary, just blanketing people with these. He's, they're going out once a week. And one of the ones that just went out is Sean Ryan is keeping the community safe. And 
the way he framed that is he closed a loophole that allowed people who were repeat offenders to, to keep skipping bail because the way that they had the bail reform, it said, if someone's arrested and the charge fits under any of these categories, it doesn't matter. You give them a piece of paper, you ask them very nicely to come back to court, and you hope that they do. <laughs> Even if they keep getting arrested for the same charge over and over and over again, you keep giving them this piece of paper. So Sean Ryan says, I, I got together with some other people and I put a stop to that and I'm keeping the community safe. What he leaves out is Sean Ryan's one of the people who voted for the loophole. So you don't get to take credit for correcting your own mistake. And that's a big uh, talking point in American politics now is this bail reform, especially in New York. I, I Here's the deal. I am a Democrat. I've got a bleeding heart. There's a reason why I've been a Democrat my whole life, because I got a lot of compassion. I worked for the assigned counsel's office representing indigent defenders for two years. I really have a passion for that type of work. I understand where their heart was coming from. Yeah. Their heart was saying, it's not fair for a rich person to commit this crime. They have the means to pay bail and they can go sit home and they can wait for their trial. And a poor person who can't make bail has to sit in jail until their trial starts. I get it. I understand where they're coming from. That's not fair. You're absolutely right. It's not fair. But the Constitution addresses that. The Constitution, you know, our founders said, what if we get to a situation where, you know, someone has to sit here and wait for a year for their trial to start? And, you know, that's not fair because maybe a rich person could pay for bail and a poor person couldn't. How can we correct this problem? So what they did and they put it in the Constitution, everybody has the right to a speedy trial. And if the um, government doesn't give you a speedy trial, they have to drop the charges. So that, we already have a solution to this problem. It's not fair to make someone sit in jail for years and months waiting for their trial if they're poor. The Constitution addresses it. If the government doesn't give you a speedy trial, they have to let you out. So we've that's the one that's the one safeguard that we have. We can find other ways to do it. Mm -hmm. um, we can we can address certain crimes that aren't violent in nature. We can look at these laws and we can figure out the ones that really don't pose a danger to society the ones who you know you got picked up with you know i, I don't know what i'm not i don't yeah, want to yeah. i don't want to <laughs> give yeah, an example speculate, yeah. someone else can find a good example of a crime that you don't have to sit in jail for um waiting for your trial but other ones the other thing i think we need an exception for is if someone gets caught right-handed i talked about this at my fundraiser the other day um july 1st wivb posted a story Guy in Buffalo got arrested eight times in 52 days stealing cars. Every single time he was caught red-handed. Like, I mean, they pull him over, he's behind the wheel, keys in the car, it's been driving, caught red-handed. But stealing cars is one of those things where you just get a piece of paper with a note that says, pretty please come to court. <laughs> eight times they had to keep just giving him, after they catch him red-handed, do you know how demoralizing that is for the police? To know, like, why am I going to stop? Because anytime you pull someone over, you're putting yourself at risk because that person might pull a gun on you. They might pull a knife on you. Every time you have an interaction with a criminal, you're putting your life at risk. And we're asking cops to put their life at risk, to pull that guy over, to say, you can't steal that car. We're going to put you in jail now. And then only to have that guy get a piece of paper and to go right back out and you got to arrest them the next day to steal a car. Eventually, cops are just going to be like, if you're not going to enforce that law, why would I arrest the person for breaking that law? And then you just have anarchy. Yeah. Well, I got some questions. I got some listener questions for Ben. Go for it. All right. First one's from Mike in Grand Island. Whoa. Via, he, via, via San Antonio. <laughs> so this comes from San Antonio. Grand Island Central Plaza. 
has been closed and non-active for many years. The anchor of the building closed in 1991. It was in Ames. What can you do to get Grand Island Central Plaza pumping again? Yeah, so this is one of the things, like I said, I went on my listening tour. This comes up a lot when you go out to Grand Line. Two things. Well, there's a bunch of things, but <laughs> I, hear, I hear a couple of things. I hear, like, what can we do with Central Plaza? Ever since Ames left, there's been nothing else there. And that no plaza can survive without an anchor tenant. If you go anywhere and it's like, you know, you got a coffee shop, you go to whatever, but you've got an, an empty Ames that's been sitting there vacant for 30 years, it's not good. Um the problem is there's probably not a whole lot a state senator can do other than try. So that would be getting a hold of the landlord and saying, what are we doing? What can we do? How can I help? Um, if I don't go and ask those questions and I don't volunteer my assistance, there's literally nothing I can do. So can I say, can I make a campaign promise right now that, hey, when I'm elected, we're going to have an anchor tenant in Central Plaza within a year? I can't make that promise. All I can do is say it's on my horizon. A lot of people have told me that that's a big issue of theirs, and I'm going to do my best to try to find a solution that works. Let's try to find another tenant because, you know, the problem is for so many goods and services that people need on the island right now, they have to leave. There's only so much there. They can, there's a tops there, and you know they can go to Wendy's. There's do a they few have a chamber of commerce? I believe they do. Oh, huh. um, huh. yeah. So. <laughs> That's the place to start. The other thing that people on the island complain a lot about, the tolls. And I know they went cashless and everyone's supposed to be like, oh, great. Now we don't have to stop. And apparently what's going on on the island, I've got easy pass, so I don't have to deal with this. But a lot of people who live on the island, they're constantly getting these tolls. If they don't pay them on time, they get late fees. If they get late fees, there's no way to adjudicate it locally. Apparently it's like the Port Authority and it's out of um, New York City. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's my 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 comment to Mike and san antonio is that i'm aware of these issues and that i'm going to fight really hard to address them all right this one comes from mike if you had an opportunity to speak to all the media news sources in buffalo what message would you give out to the public um i think the biggest message well there's two that i always tell people but the number one is stop covering the extremes on both sides i'm I've been talking about meeting in the middle and bringing both sides together for the last two years. Why don't you give a little more airtime to people who are trying to bring us together as opposed to the people who are constantly trying to tear us apart? So my message for the media, if they could get it out for me, is I'm going to be a candidate who can try to work on both sides of the aisle. We talked about it, I think, before we went on air, and it's something I've been talking about for over a year. I don't care if if it's not my idea. So many politicians only want to promote an idea if it's theirs or if it came from their party. I could absolutely care less if the good idea comes from a Republican, from a libertarian, from an atheist, from an anybody. You have a good idea. I'm going to champion that idea and I'm going to give you credit for it if it's not my idea. But this whole like we can only support candidates who are in our party and we can only support ideas that come from our party has to stop. So. My, my message again to the local media is please give more voice to the people in the middle, the people that who want to find common sense solutions, the people that want to work across the aisle as opposed to people who constantly want to, you know, only appeal to the people in the far, far right or the far, far left. Because the rest of us, the 80 percent of us in the middle are sick and tired of the extremes. We want solutions that come from a more centrist place. I just want people to hate. The Yankees or Red Sox again, not <laughs> yeah, not just the left or the right. It's 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 getting out of hand. We need to get. Back I mean, I think that was we your first message when we talked to you. Yeah, I think it's so getting was, rid yeah. of party politics. Yeah, I think that, and that's. I, I bet if you asked a lot of politicians what their first message was, they probably wouldn't get it right. It'd probably still be pretty relevant. 
you know, they probably just make something up that was relevant, you know? Yeah. Well, for me, everyone knows it's true because when I ran for mayor, I ran as a write-in. I didn't have to give any favors to anybody. I, I, I wasn't trying to, you know, win respect of the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. Um, I just ran on my own ideas and my own solutions. Not my own, but not, you know, completely aligned with the party. And this time, I'm running in the primary without any help from the Democrats. So, you know, you're going to get the unvarnished, you know, Ben opinion. You're not going to get what I've what the what my party's telling me to say what consultants are telling me to say you know there's no been no promises made that hey if you do it this way maybe the party will give you a little support um they haven't helped me at all so i don't feel any you know obligation to you know to do it their way i'm going to do it the way that the people want it to be done this We're is not a, the media this is we a are really the people good license to talk question <laughs> <laughs> this is from polio on the west side <laughs> Why do you think State Senator Ryan is ignoring you not having a debate? Since he won't debate you, what is another competition do you think you would be good at beating him in? Um, well, this is something we did talk about a little, you know, before we went on the air. So I'll tell you again why I think he won't debate me. Because here's the deal. I think it's kind of the smart move. I think right now I haven't started spending money yet. I've, I've done some fundraising. We've raised some money and a pretty good amount. But we're going to use it strategically because he's going to outspend me. Number one, he's already got the advantages we talked about. Us taxpayers give him hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to get reelected by allowing him to send out propaganda at our expense. So um, I haven't started spending a lot of money yet. So far, the media has refused to cover me. So I'm a relative unknown. I, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to get my my word out there. I'm going to get my name out there. I think I can win this. I'm pretty confident I can. But but so far, I haven't done a lot. And Sean Ryan knows that if he agrees to a debate with me, it's going to be publicized media is going to talk about it my name's going to get out there he's terrified that people would find out that he's got competition he's been trying his best for the last since march to remove competition he wants to be the only he tried to be the only person on the ballot he wanted to deny voters a choice on primary day he wanted when you went to the uh, ballot box on august 23rd he wanted his name to be the only name you could find on the ballot terrified of competition so why would he agree to a debate with me it would get my name out there people would find out that there's actually a choice on august 23rd about who they can vote for in the democratic primary the other thing he's afraid of is that i'm going to beat him are you playing chess and he's playing checkers or is it the other way around yeah. can you do you know <laughs> um i think he's playing like hide and go seek where you close your eyes and you think everyone else can't see yeah. you is what's going on and you just on. keep moving pieces and nobody else is moving pieces yes uh, here's a competition I could beat him in. Who could go talk to more voters and engage with more voters? Oh, um, I think I would beat him hands down in that because unless there's a camera there and a shovel or a big check, you don't see him out in the community that much. When do they make you the podium? <laughs> do you have to order the podium? <laughs> we need to fit you for the podium. We need to cast you a podium. I'd love a podium. I was. I mean, we, this we, is kind we, of we call Abbott Road Podiumville. That's where we see a lot of podiums. And <laughs> Last year when I ran for mayor, I took an old cabinet and I, I stapled one of my signs onto that cabinet. And I had my buddy film it from a certain angle that it looked like a nice podium. Ah. But this was literally a cabinet from my basement was my podium. So uh, I'm looking forward to an upgrade when I win. I get my own custom real-life podium. Well, we got Jerry from the West Side. A lot of West Side listeners. Hmm. What's going on in Buffalo right now that you notice that needs to change? I guess I'm going to turn it a little bit because I'm the kind of person who likes to look at the good stuff. Because God knows there is a lot of stuff people complain about in Buffalo. 
but we should kind of sometimes take stock of the fact that we live in a pretty awesome community. It's easy for us to bash what's going on. There's people, they make it their mission in life. Everything the Common Council does, they show up and they trash. Everything the mayor does, they constantly, every single thing, they just trash. And, I, and we can't just give up on the city. We can't just say, well, this is as good as we're ever gonna get and we don't need to try any harder. I'm all about trying harder. But, it's, but trying harder doesn't mean you have to constantly disparage your city. We're not perfect. We're the third poorest city in the country for our size. We got a lot to work on, but we got awesome people. When we all put our minds together and we try to do something, there's good stuff we could get done. One thing I would say that's going on in the city of Buffalo that I'd like to see uh, taken care of is the stadium business. I think we gave up way too easily on the idea of trying to get the stadium in the city. Why I is that, do you think? Because billionaires decide what's going on around here. Billionaires I mean, behind people, closed doors. Displacing people where they live is, is, I think that was the biggest thing. They don't want to displace. Is I, there the, because I, we, I, there's places in Buffalo that you could put a stadium without displacing you, anyone but the seagulls. There's a lot of open space in Buffalo. I don't know if there's that much. There's that much. There's that. You, I mean, I'm agreeing with you. Like, yeah. But, but now that the decision is made, or in like, whatever they're doing because there's all ndas now what the hell yeah they're not uh, a politician gets to sign a non-disclosure what <laughs> you get to something talk behind, you never thought behind doors see. and nobody gets to know what's going on it's like believable it, it might be the i don't know i don't know but it's just like it's infrastructure if you can put me at the stadium and i don't have to drive and i don't have to park and i don't have to do anything if you make all the infrastructure and you put it out there i'm fucking cool yeah super cool but just to be like we're gonna put it there and not uh, you guys can drive out here and do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. You're going to spend your money and you're going to come. And I don't care how you get there and I don't care what you have to do to get there or to get home. Yeah. You know, the infrastructure just needs to be in place where it says, you want to go hang out downtown and eat at a restaurant and you'll be to the game in an hour and a half. It's you almost know? like they, they didn't cool. want it was going to be a pain in the ass to put it there. And it costs, well, we're going to have to redo the roads. We're going to have to have. Three lanes going both ways down South Park. But really, it would have been great. You could have got a mass transit. Now, like, let's say you wanted to go from downtown to Orchard Park. I don't know how they could do it. I mean, well, they'd have to go through LA. It's just that even lock. the NFTA drives you only to Lake during special events. Yeah. It doesn't get you to the stadium. I mean. My, my concern just, is in 20 years, it'll be like, yep. We should have put it downtown. We've got so many projects like that, though. We've got, you know, when we decided we were going to expand University of Buffalo, were we going to expand it in Buffalo or were we going to put it in marshlands in Amherst and build it like a like a jail? Yeah. And we decided to build it in marshlands in Amherst and build it like a prison. We decided to build the city court building downtown with no windows, and it's like the biggest eyesore you've ever seen. We <laughs> tore down a Frank Lloyd Wright office building. We just keep doing these bad decisions. Oh, we built a subway that goes six miles in one direction, and that's it. You can we just see it. Where oh, there's where I parked. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but that just... grain elevator needs to go. That thing falls apart. <laughs> We've been not big on the green elevator. I mean, you don't have a you don't have a plan. Let's knock it down and build something new. I know that a lot of our friends yeah hate, hate us for that, but they want it to stay up. Yeah, but to me, it's like I'm a. Big, I got a cousin a big, who died in there. Yeah, his cousin died in there. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was the, oh, it was actually the day after, day before Pearl Harbor. 
Oh, geez. So yeah. December 6, 1941. Sure did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this kid reads books. He's oh, a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, let me tell you what. I, I got two thoughts about the Green Elevator to the extent that y'all are curious. Um, I like historical things. I, I think City Hall is the coolest building yeah. on planet they Earth. They said it was a ripoff when they built it. It's not. It's it's the most <laughs> impressive building I've ever seen. I, I look at it. I live within seven blocks of City Hall. I look at it every day from every different angle. I love that building. The Guarantee Building I love. Lafayette High I love. Um, I could go on and on. The Electric Tower I love. We've got so many awesome buildings. I would handcuff myself to City Hall if anyone ever said, let's tear it down. I'd handcuff myself to Lafayette High if anyone ever wanted to tear it down. That grain elevator has been deteriorating for 30 years without use. It's got yeah. a hole in the size of it, the size of a barn. If there are no viable options of saving it right now, it's just this eyesore. It's just like you drive by, and, and it to me, it's just like a metaphor for Buffalo. Like, why would you just let that sit there and open. rot on your waterfront? And just it's the first thing people see, and they look at it, and it's just like, oh, I guess we're in the Rust Belt. Oh, why do they call it the Rust Belt? That's why they call it the yeah. Rust Belt. And I get it. I know it's historic. I know it's very historic. But you look around. There are so many grain elevators in, in the old First Ward, um, yeah. downtown Buffalo. We got enough. We can save one of them, and we can put the a big rib on The best. Yeah. And I know this is maybe the best one, but tear it down. It, especially considering the owners want to tear it down, and they're willing to pay their own money. If they were coming to the city and saying, hey, will you tear down our building for us? I'd say, absolutely not. Tear it down yourself. But yeah. They've got a demolition permit. They're going to do it themselves. Then it can be redeveloped. Otherwise, we could just sit and stare at it for another 30 I mean, years. So when you go, we drove, came back from Toronto and you just look at Buffalo and you're like, why do we have all this space for nothing? Like, we do nothing with it. Like, yeah, it looks so hard to develop here. It's probably all just like loopholes and red tape. Who owns what? And well, waiting for this guy to die. There's a lot of Manhattan Project sites, a lot of brownfields that need to be cleaned up. So it's easier just kind of let it sit there and and actually do something so that's one of the things i'm talking about is i'm big on the environment you guys mentioned i walk a lot i'm yeah it's one of my big things so many people who are huge on the environment get so fixated on one thing electric cars electric cars electric cars we got to get electric cars we got to to me i hate the idea of electric cars number one you get the batteries you got minerals coming from africa they get strip mined they get shipped across the country the batteries only have a short shelf life and then they just sit in wherever i don't know if we figured out where we're going to put these batteries yet Next but the keurig cups that's where we're going to put them <laughs> they they run off of electricity which comes from either burning coal or some other bad method so you know to me electric cars is not where we should be spending our money if we want to clean up the environment locally if we want to clean up our environment we need to address the manhattan project sites and the brownfield sites we need to make sure that we don't have a sewer system that pumps raw sewage into our lakes and our rivers so let's fix those things we can fix new york's annual budget 220 billion dollars four billion dollars a week buffalo got a billion dollars once we need someone who's going to be in office who's going to fight for more resources and use them for things that actually will improve our quality of life. Redo our water lines, redo our sewer lines, clean up these Manhattan Project sites, clean yeah. up uh, these brownfield sites, actually improve the environment instead of doing something that makes everyone feel like they're doing something good, but actually nothing positive because is Because once from that it. person isn't in office, they just forget about the... Yeah, we, we see it all the time, you know? You got to make something that's going to stay there forever. Yeah. You know, well, and plus it's like, hey, uh, remember you were pushing those cars? Yeah. What are you going to do with the batteries? Oh, now they're on to the next thing. So they don't. It's just they say things 
Like we won't. Jimmy, you went on a tirade about they only charge two things and then they're runoff generators from the gas anyway. Right. <laughs> and when I say that to people, they're like, you're crazy. I'm like, how do they charge them? And if you look, especially in California, I don't know about the ones here. There's a generator charging the chargers. Diesel generator. Yeah. Diesel generator. <laughs> Yeah, like oh, why it's, it's, a, it's a clean burning diesel generator. Oh my God, well it seems like we get along with Ben because we're we're kind of in the same thing. We're in a club. There's a club and we ain't in it. But I would always, I'd rather hang out with people like that because it's interesting conversations in the corner of a room. But I mean, I wish you luck, Ben. Common sense, Ben. I I wish people would make it uh, mandatory that you have to debate. Yeah, once you got the signatures, they would just be like... That's what it should be. Now you're in a... One debate, at least. And then you can get whether you want to do best two out of three or uh, one home, one away, you know. You get a home field advantage, I get a home field. If we're still even, we'd have the best of the third game. You know, I don't understand... I understand why people don't want to debate because they don't want to lose. Same with... uh, Let's say you're on a good hockey team and the lower level team wants to play you. Well, you have nothing to gain, nothing to win. You're supposed to win that. But the problem is when that lower level team plays you and beats you or even gets close to you, now the the people around that hockey team are like, well, wait a minute, maybe that isn't the better team. And that's the way I sum it up for you. I don't know if you're following me with that. Uh, absolutely. I love a good sports analogy, and I think that's apt. <laughs> yeah. Here's another thing. I've never – I've skated. I skated a few times, but I don't know anything about playing hockey. I like watching it. Mm-hmm. But I'll also challenge Sean Ryan to a little game of pickup hockey. I'll figure out how to skate. <laughs> we'll do it. If, you got if, better if, things if to do needs, with your time. <laughs> no, but if he needs something to boost his ego, he could probably beat me at hockey. So I'll let him beat me at hockey, and then let's have a talking competition. I think I'll beat him at that one. I wish he was here to give his side. Well, we do have an empty chair. <laughs> yeah. He's, he can show yeah. up whenever he wants, and yeah. hopefully after this. I mean, we've got a long time. What's today, the 29th? Yeah, maybe this the, will. Um, the election is August hey. 23rd, and it's – I. I don't feel bad because he was invited, but I, it would be a much more constructive conversation because yeah. maybe he has some more context that I'm not aware of, yeah. um, and he could add something to this discussion. I think it would certainly benefit the voters to hear both sides, but, you know, I'm happy to be the sole voice today, but hopefully, you know, sometime between now and August 23rd, we can sit down and do this again. I like the nickname. I have nothing against him. I don't even know him. But we do know Ben, and Ben has already been licensed to talk, and now he will be uh, licensed to run, Marky. Yeah. Good luck to Ben Carlisle, and if you need anything, we'll be here. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. Always a blast.